GM, GM, welcome to another episode of Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. It's the Christmas special, and we're here to make sense of an on-chain world in constant transformation. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host Kyle Reedhead, and we believe that 2023 is not going to change the world, but 2024 is. That's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. Today is a special episode, folks. And by the way, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. We're going to look back on 2023 and just uncover what the hell happened over this last year. It was a wild one. It feels like maybe it was five years all in one, but we're going to cover it all starting from Jan 1. Back when, believe this, on Jan 1, Solana was $8, which is unbelievable to think about now. But that's what happened. That's what the world was like on chain back in Jan 1. So we're going to start there. And then we're going to go through everything that happened. Everything from Nike launching dot swoosh to the Blur airdrop to the Bitcoin spot ETF. But before that, we had things like Base being announced, the Arbitrum airdrop, if anyone is around and remembers that. Bellagis, $1 million bet. Remember that one? There's just so much that happened over the year of 2023. And we're going to just look back in kickback and just walk through it all. The biggest events that happened in 2023, we are going to cover that in today's episode. And the reason we like to do this is one, it's always good to reflect. It's always good just to look back and see what the heck happened. And that'll just help us to set the stage for what's going to happen in 2024. Next week, well, not next week, on Friday, we actually have another episode coming out looking at our 2024 predictions on what we think is going to happen over the year. And so before we can predict we need to look back on what's gone on. And that's what we are going to uncover in today's episode. So if you didn't listen to a single one of our podcasts this year, this is the only one you need to listen to. And we're going to make sure you're up to speed on the entire year. But you don't want to make that decision in 2024 because things are happening right now. Opportunities are... What's that? I said fast. They're happening fast. fast. Exactly. Opportunities are everywhere. And... When we go into 2024 and the bull market that's coming, if you're not on top of the news, you will fall behind and you'll miss out on some big opportunities to make some money. You'll miss out some opportunities to get involved early, opportunities to build, opportunities for your business, all the things that you can do on chain. And that is why you need to subscribe to our newsletter. If you are not already subscribed, click the link in the show notes. And make sure you follow our newsletter because we, three times a week, are coming into your inbox, giving you the real information, the real stuff that you need to know to stay on top of Web3 as an investor, as a builder, as a creator, as a business professional. We're making sure you got what you need. And if you appreciate that, then do us a favor and not just subscribe to the newsletter, but also subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever. Make sure you subscribe, like rates, comment, all the things, any of those engagements help us grow. And we want to grow 2024 so that we can continue to support all of you in your journey on chain. All right. Before we jump into today's episode, deep bow gratitude to all of our sponsors this year. We'll just take a minute to hear from Paragraph, one of our favorites. Modern newsletters are built on Paragraph. That's right. Paragraph is a brand new newsletter platform that combines the best parts of Web2 and Web3 to supercharge newsletters for both writers and readers. Build a community 
not just an audience. Paragraph uses blockchain tech to allow readers to collect and own the words that matter to them. This takes reading a newsletter to the next level. With Paragraph, readers can mint, collect, and show off quotes from their favorite newsletters. This opens new possibilities like creators sharing revenue with fans. I also love their new feature, Paragraph AI. This integrates GPT-4 natively in Paragraph to create, edit, and improve your writing effortlessly with one click. And guess what? We at Web3 Academy are on board and have already moved our content over to Paragraph. We believe this is the future of newsletters because of the profound engagement it creates between creators and fans. So whether you're a creator, writer, or an avid reader, it's time to check out Paragraph and capitalize on the opportunity of being early. All right, friends, welcome back. So let's start from the 1st of January. And the 1st of January, it was a tough, tough time for Solana, which is quite funny to look at now because it is the highest touted ecosystem in the space. Everyone loves Solana. Everyone's shilling Solana. But man, just a year ago, literally less than a year ago from today, this thing was sitting at $8 and it was thought that Solana was dead. We literally put Solana is dead. We wrote a report on Solana early January asking the question, is it dead? And we did a big deep dive in it and said, you know what? Solana actually looks more like what Ethereum went through in the last cycle versus you know actually being dead, which Ethereum looked dead, everyone thought it was, and then it just came back and had a stellar year. And Solana did exactly that. But for those of you that maybe came in new this year, Solana was the contrarian bet back then. It was the bet where no one thought this thing was going to continue because FTX had just collapsed only a month prior, which is crazy. FTX collapsing is only about a, a year and one month from today. But FTX was the big investor, big builder on top of Solana. And so when FTX collapsed, everyone thought Solana was going to go with it. But it turned out that Solana had the comeback story of the year in this industry. So kudos to Solana, but let's not forget where it came from and where it started this year. Big things ahead, looking forward to what are the 2024 predictions for Solana, which we'll be mm. talking about on Friday. Okay, next up on January 25th, Dot Swoosh Studio launched. This is Nike introduced their Web3 Studio, which allows the community to co-create Nike products. Their first was the Your Force One. That's a mouthful to say, Your Force One. Mm. Oh, that's so difficult. And this was an opportunity to co-create the next pair of Air Force Ones. Kai, I know you are a dot swoosh holder and this didn't happen on January 25th, but later in the year, Nike released their first NFT collection along with some physical shoes, the T-N-I-J or T-I-N-J. This is not a JPEG shoes were released as well. So lots coming out of Nike. We had big hopes at this point that Nike was going to be one of the big stories of the year because they really captured a lot of the media and attention early in the year, but haven't heard a ton about them lately. So excited I to see. Hopefully big things are coming next year. Yeah. I mean, two things here. Like The first was it was a surprise they launched because remember, this was two months after FTX collapsed. And so everyone was hating on this space. All brands were pulling back and Nike decided to continue on, which was a big surprise. And I think a bit of a relief to everyone in the ecosystem. And uh, because also we didn't have the run up here. We we started to get the run up in January, but it was a little bit, uh, it was more like February in terms of pricing because we really hit lows in January. So it was a surprise. They still continue to launch, but good for them. 
I think the reason we haven't heard a lot is they're still in beta and still closed, right? I am a holder of this, but I actually don't hold it because it's actually only available, I think, in the US. Or maybe it is in other countries now, but not Canada. So I can't even get it. I just luckily had Candy, who's a member of our community, who bought it and still holds it for me. So hopefully she doesn't rug me. So I think when they open this fully, they might do better. But I think they're just they're having struggles with the tech. They're really focusing on community building, which is good. They want to keep it small to build community. So I think they're doing the right thing. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something more in, in the next year. But we did have higher hopes than what than what really came out of this. Still think there's big things to come from Nike and their team there. Okay, next yeah. step is still January, actually. Web3 Academy launched Web3 Academy Pro in January. This is our flagship product. For those of you that are around, if you listen to our podcast, you know about Pro. It's been here for all of, all the year now. But previous to this, we had a whole year where we never had a product. But Pro Reports is where we brought in an on-chain analyst. And uh, every week we look at what's happening on-chain and we decipher it in a simple, easy way to understand. And it helps builders, it helps investors understand what's going on on-chain. And so our first report ever launched in January, and it was about Lens. We actually did a review on what was going on with Lens, which I thought was really interesting, really cool. Our second report was, is Solana dead? And thankfully, in that report, we called that it was not dead and that it was bound to do really well this year. And so we, we did well on that. There's a lot of great pro reports. If you haven't checked those out, you haven't gone pro, highly recommend you do. Again, in the show notes, Jay already talked about signing up for a newsletter. When you sign up, you get the chance to go pro as well. That's where the real good stuff is, where we do a lot of talk about investing in frameworks. We look at value accrual, investing strategies, and just everything that's going on on chain. Jay on the screen here is showing a few of the a few of the reports, and uh, it covers everything from Solana to Layer 2s to tokenomics to economics and so much more. So anyway, highly recommend you guys check that out. But that was our first product, which we're very proud of. We have more than 200 pro subscribers now over the year that we have accumulated and uh, we get a lot of good feedback. So thank you to all you who joined and went pro this year. We really, really appreciate you and um, deep bow of gratitude to our pro members. Incredible to think that we've written 50 pro reports one okay. week for the past year. Kai, huge shout out to you and to Pablo, our on-chain analyst for really leading that. And Raul, who also wrote a couple of reports. And Jay. Joe I got in there. I wrote some amazing ones too. It was a good year for Web3 Academy Pro. Very exciting. Okay, next up, on February 14th, we had the first Blur airdrop. So this was really what kicked off the NFT marketplace war. You remember that from more so 2022 was when that was really on fire and OpenSea and Blur and everybody was competing and battling for who was going to be the NFT marketplace to survive. And obviously, Blur did very well because of their incentive program, where if you were to use their protocol, you might get their airdrop, which happened on February 14th. This also was what really led to the zero royalties and royalties being removed from NFTs because, sorry, being removed from NFT marketplaces, respecting royalties because Blur knew that they were going after the traders. And if they removed royalties, then traders would come because traders are always looking for the most profit and they'll go wherever the most profit is. So Blur really started the year. It's actually crazy to look at this. February 14th started the year with a big airdrop, a lot of attention. 
And they also recently ended the year there as well when their next year drop happened. Yeah. They also got rid of platform fees, if you remember. So Blur doesn't charge you the platform. And so OpenSea followed suit on February 17th. It was like, hey, we're going to drop platform fees as well. Now they ended up, I believe they've added them back now. But at that point, they were like, we don't know what to do. We're scared that we're going to get beat by Blur. It was a wild, like few months there. I mean, we wrote a lot about the NFT marketplace wars, but everyone was really unsure what was happening with that business model. Turns out I just did our on-chain review for 2023 and uh, OpenSea is still the top app to generate in terms of generating revenue on-chain this entire year. So they still made a lot of money. So OpenSea, which is crazy considering the year that OpenSea had, but still quite impressive. A wild, wild ride with Blur coming in. All right, February 23rd. This was another sigh of relief that the industry had. It was tough times back then. I'm sure many of you guys remember the, the stresses that we had in our industry back then, but Coinbase came in. And they launched a blue dot on Twitter. Everyone remembers that little gif. And that sent Twitter going absolutely nuts. No one knew what was going on. And it turned out that Coinbase was announcing they were launching a layer two on top of Ethereum, which was a few things here. One, we were like, okay, the on-chain world is back. You know, it's not over. We have a public company. Now it was a crypto one, but a public company nonetheless that is is now building on chain. And then it also kind of fulfilled our thesis around the L2 thesis saying, hey, We've got a public company that's launching an L2 on top of Ethereum, which we had been talking about for God knows a year at least that this L2 thing was going to be big. But I think more than anything, it was just a relief for the industry to be like, all right, we're going to keep building. We're going to keep shipping. Everything's going to be okay here. And I I remember the vibes on crypto Twitter were pretty big at that point. People were pretty excited on what Coinbase did there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this also kicked off either just before or right around ETH Denver. And I remember the energy coming out of Denver was the first time you really felt like the whole community got together. Everybody was excited again. There was really a builder's focused community on, okay, we've removed the speculation. Everybody here wants to build for the long term. And yeah, I mean, Coinbase, definitely one of the winners of 2023 in more ways than one. Okay. Then on March 16th, we had the Arbitrum airdrop. Speaking about L2s, the Arbitrum Foundation dropped 1.162 billion ARB tokens worth $1.4 billion today. By far the biggest airdrop of the year. And if you remember, we talked about how later, because all of these airdrops have claim periods, I don't exactly remember how long the claim period was for the ARB airdrop usually around like 60 to 90 days. And over 55 million ARB tokens were not claimed. So 55 million in ARB tokens went back to the Arbitrum DAO treasury. Crazy to think that $55 million was unclaimed. Yeah, you know what kind of sucks? OP also was launched in this year as well. And Arbitrum and OP both launched their tokens in the full-on bear market in some of the toughest times. Then you've got Solana launching their tokens now at the smartest time. Big mistake, but I think they just wanted to get, they needed something to get anything going during that time, keep people around, which they did. So like, we got to be grateful for the L2 community. Hopefully they've got more coming for the bull market because obviously airdrops are, they hit a bit different these days than they did back then. That's for sure. (laughs) March 17th, Bellagi's $1 million bet. Who remembers this? Banks were collapsing. This was due to interest rates getting quite high. This is about the point where we reach, I think, the highest. And we've kind of stayed at that level. Well, I guess we were we were close to the highest anyway. But basically, as a result of this, 
banks started collapsing. And so Bitcoin went on its first run of the year. So March was when finally crypto really started to take off. Bitcoin went on a huge run as I think we had three or four banks in the US all collapsed. And um, Balaji got real loud and he basically started saying that this was Bitcoin. This was going to be the hyper Bitcoinization and hyperinflation of the US dollar and Bitcoin was going to go to a million. And he made a million dollar bet that this would happen. I forget who he made the bet with, but anyway, I think it was with two people actually. And he said he would do it. It would do it in 90 days. Well, obviously that did not happen. In fact, since he made that bet, it was kind of almost like a top signal. We didn't do much uh, for the rest of the summer until the end of the year here. So pretty funny, but it also created waves across crypto Twitter and even mainstream media because people were like, what's this guy talking about? Overall was a good, I guess, marketing play for the space, though it didn't turn out, but either way is what it is. Pretty cool to see. Okay, then next up on April 12th, Ethereum staking unlocked. This was a huge event. Ethereum's Chappella upgrade occurred on April 12th and allowed any staker to unstake their position. Now, here's the main thing. We were all expecting a big withdrawal. Would a lot of people withdraw their staked ETH? And the opposite happened. A lot of people flocked to staking ETH, which led to us writing a report about staking as a service and recommending consistently really throughout the year that you should be taking a percentage of your ETH, whatever percentage you're comfortable with, and staking it. I mean, shit, maybe you should be staking 100% of your ETH, to be honest. (laughs) Well, to be clear, this report was written well before the Chappelle upgrade went live, and it predicted that we would not see a big withdrawal and that we would we would see it go up to 20, 30%, which it did. So if you were a pro member early on, you had this. And not only that, but we told you which tokens were going to do well from this, which was Rocket Pool, which it doubled within about a couple of weeks. So to be clear, we called it well before it all happened. And so this is uh, one of the reasons why you want to be a pro member is because we look at what's coming and we can not predict perfectly, but we have a good idea because we're so integrated into the into the ecosystem. But yeah, it was a massive upgrade for Ethereum and it has worked out really well, I think, uh, overall. And if you staked or if you bought staking tokens during that time, you hit a pretty strong narrative. It didn't last long because, again, we were in a bear market. So RPL and, and Lido and those, they shot up during that time, but then they came back down not too long after, but everything did during the summer. Anyway, May 11th, WorldCoin, which was one of the big news events that happened in 2023, not because WorldCoin has done so much for the industry, but because Sam Altman, the kingpin of, of ChatGPT, the CEO uh, of OpenAI, not ChatGPT, but they announced that they were, one, they had already announced they were doing WorldCoin, but everyone kind of forgot about it. They announced this back in, I think it was 2021, but then they didn't really do much. And then all of a sudden they were like, hey, we're back and we're moving and uh, onto optimism. And so they were moving on a layer two. And so it was like, okay, someone who obviously is in the tech world, who's, I mean, he was the highlight of everybody uh, during that time, still probably is today, Sam Altman. And he was saying, hey, we see layer twos and we're going to move our company onto there. So that was, a, a, again, another big moment, I think, for layer twos. And then just the, also WorldCoin kind of gained a lot of traction at that point. And it became a big thing over the next few months of people going and scanning their eyes in the orb, in the orbs to sort of verify their identity and, and proof of humanity, which has become a, a fairly big thing, but hasn't really taken off like I think we originally thought it might. They do have over like 2 million users and one of the most used apps in crypto right now. I was actually, again, looking on chain, doing my review and realized it was one of the most used apps. It's mainly for swaps and things, but there's quite a bit of users on there. Anyway, interesting that um, 
WorldCoin, which we still don't know if they're going to be the big thing yet or not, but they moved on to optimism and sort of solidified the L2 moment. Yeah. And I think the there was so much around WorldCoin on both sides because of the orb and a lot of skepticism of like, what does it mean to scan your eye? And then mm-hmm. how do they hold that data? Do they have custody of that? Do we have custody of that? The orb is still... It's not an open source tech yet, even though they say that they will eventually, which makes sense. It's not open source. They spent $50 million developing it. But it was a real moment of both sides of the crypto conversation. The negative side was using it as a moment to say crypto is bad. And everybody involved that believes in on-chain identity was like, here we go. This is the start of something really big. And as you said, it kind of, it grew really fast in the beginning and then kind of hasn't seen the growth since then, even though that being said, you know, onboarded probably two point over two million people on chain and are still a very active app and wallet. Okay, next up, May 16th, ooh, the Ledger Recover Bud. So Ledger decided to launch Recover, which is an optional and paid service, which would help users regain access to their secret phrase in case they lost it, which is a big problem in crypto. A lot of people lose their secret phrase. And so Ledger, being a leader in the space, wanted to solve that by providing Ledger Recover, a service that would solve that problem. The problem was the way in which Ledger Recover worked showed everybody in crypto that maybe their ledger wasn't as safe as they Mm. thought it was. And it led to a huge blow up. This felt like one of the biggest FUDs of the year, especially since Ledger is just sort of really known and respected in the industry as being a leader. Everybody uses their products and loves them. I mean, we both, both Kai and I use Ledgers. And here we have them maybe seeming like they're not so truthful and they're doing things that we don't understand. And it was a lot of FUD maybe for nothing because once you learned what they were really doing, it wasn't as bad as it initially seemed. However, it doesn't deny the fact that there was certainly a lot of people that made the decision, okay, I'm I'm going to leave Ledger. And then I think there was a lot of people that respected the way that they handled it because they did a great job on the PR and the comm side of dealing with this and expressing how Ledger Recover really works, which is confusing stuff. Most people don't understand the tech side of this. Yeah, it was a good learning moment, I think, for many people in the space, even OGs who thought they understood wallets, I think, learned a lot here. So I think that was really good. I learned the trade-offs of using even hardware wallets like a Ledger. There's still some trust assumptions in some ways. And then obviously, depending on what you signed up for, then it can be even more or less. They ended up not launching Recover. Remember, they actually pulled back, said, we won't do it. And then Sometime in the summer, they ended up launching, or just recently, actually, they ended up mm-hmm. launching it, which was pretty crazy that the market pushed them that much. But just shows like the good thing about bear markets, you, you learn things that you otherwise would just not care about. Like NFT royalties, we figured out weren't going to be a thing. That was in 2023. And that took just some crazy events to happen. Same with this here with Ledger. And so like there's just like these underlying things that we all thought were true. We realized we're not. So it's interesting what you learn through FUD and through just, I don't know, crazy events. Pudgy Penguins, May 19th. Pudgy Penguins toys go on Amazon. The savior of NFT projects in 2023 was Pudgy Penguins without a doubt. And uh, they just kept shipping all year. It was very impressive what they did. But the big news was they created physical toys and they launched them through Amazon, which is really cool. They sold a ton since then, since May 19th. They've also launched in Walmart. They've also launched in what's the big toy store in the UK? Yeah, I can't remember, but I can't remember the name. I remember. 
anyway, they're all over the place. What's really cool is they, these are just toys, but you can mint a NFT and get access into, and it's, it's more what you're doing is scanning a QR code and it gives you this like proof of adoption of these, of these toys. Um, and then you get access into a digital world. So really starting to connect the physical and the digital worlds, um, which is something we've always talked about that Web3 could do, but no one was really doing it. And who would have thought, but an NFT project is the one of the first to really do this at, at somewhat scale. May 19th, they launched this. It was pretty exciting to see an NFT project finally do something cool and like something that could potentially go mainstream. And they just continued to ship since then and continue to do more and more and more. And just so impressed on what Pudgy Penguins has done since May 19th. And honestly, at this point in May, NFTs were really dying out at this point. And so this was something that the industry needed to be like, okay, there's still some hope here. Yeah, Pudgy Penguins was definitely the NFT project story of the year. And yeah. this is yeah. just one of many things. I mean, if you had bought a Pudgy, I don't have the, the price up, but I want to say May 19th, I want to say that Pudgies were like four ETH, I'm guessing, somewhere around there, maybe three to four ETH would be my guess. And today they are over 10 ETH. So shout out to a project that not only created a sustainable business, made a ton of revenue off their toys, is just getting started, also brought value back to their holders. So they were 1.2 ETH on May, you said May 19th? Yeah. Yeah, 1.4 ETH. <laughs> Damn. Wild. There you go. Now they're sitting, they went up to 11.8 and they're currently sitting at 9.6. We're right about 10, actually. Sorry. Well, way to go oh, to Wild Red. Luke and Nets and the whole team over a Pudgy keeps on crushing it. Okay. Next up, June 5th and 6th, two dates for the price of one. The SEC sues Binance and Coinbase. These were. Massive. I mean, anytime the SEC does anything, everybody pays attention. One of our predictions for 2023 was that regulation would come and it would be a good thing. We still believe regulation is a good thing. Not sure we would agree with the way that the SEC is going about bringing regulation into the space. But this was confusing because Binance and Coinbase were sued at the same time. It caused a lot of people to think that they were being sued for the same thing right? But they were not. It was actually quite different. Binance was sued for commingling funds. Well, Coinbase was sued for operating as an unregistered broker. And that kind of caused some confusion because a lot of people just saw the headline, SEC sues Coinbase and sues Binance, and they put the two together. In the end, the Coinbase lawsuit amounted to nothing. It went absolutely nowhere. The Binance lawsuit proved to be a big problem and led to, as you guys will know, was like a month ago, CZ had to step down as the CEO of Binance and might actually face prison. Well, we'll get to that because that's a big news event as well. And I believe it's in here, I would assume. So we'll get to that one. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he's getting a little ahead there. But yeah, a wild time. Also, when I think of sentiment back then, that was a tough one. Like we, we had a, finally, we had a bit of a pump in the markets and there was like, you know, pudgy penguins. There was the L2s. It was like, okay, are we back? Are we back? And then it was like, boom, Coinbase Binance. We're like, ah, shit. And then it was a tough summer. It was a really rough summer after that. By the way, I got to go back and correct my statement. I was looking at pudgy penguins in 2022 at 1.5. Uh, I was going to say, I was like, really? Whoa. It was four, four and a half. Oh, okay. you were right. <laughs> okay. You are that. I just had to correct that. All right. June 8th. We'll move on to June 8th. 
to go hand in hand with what happened with Coinbase, Binance, and even Kraken at this point as well, which was 55 cryptocurrencies or tokens were deemed securities. And this is one of the reasons that Binance, Coinbase, Kraken were all sued. Oddly enough, they were sued for different ones. Like they weren't just all the same, even though they all hold and, and tr- allow for transaction of the same tokens for the most part. So there was a list of a bunch of different ones. I mean, BNB, XRP, Cardano, Solana, Polygon, Tron, like so many of these. That was also another kick to the the nuts for the industry. But obviously, and I think we'll get to this one in a second, but some of them are fighting back. XRP went to court and was deemed not a security. That really sort of, I think, freed up everyone's mind share on this. And I think allowed tokens to finally go back up in price. And I think we realized that, hey, maybe the SEC is just overstepping. But it was a it was a rough June, that's for sure. Until June 16th, <laughs> both of us getting excited. Until June 16th, when BlackRock filed for a spot Bitcoin ETF, really marketing one of the biggest milestones of crypto in 2023. Totally legitimized the space. You have BlackRock, one of the largest fund managers in the world that manages over $10 trillion in assets basically putting their stamp of approval on Bitcoin, not only putting their stamp of approval on Bitcoin, but also signaling that, hey, we want our investors, our large institutions, our $10 trillion in assets that we manage, we want some of that to go towards Bitcoin because we believe it is a great investment long-term. And that really, I would say, that kicked off a bit of a turning point in Maybe not the markets, but more so the sentiment in the space. Yeah, absolutely. All right, July 14th, two things that actually happened here. Big things. The first, XRP was deemed not a security. So we had BlackRock ETF filing, which was huge. Obviously, that filing was a big deal. But then we also got wind of, hey, and actually your tokens are not security. So this was super bullish for just the entire space hearing that. So this was a really big deal. We loved that. SEC was just losing battles. And the second thing that happened in the same week was Web3 Academy launched Web3 Academy 2.0, which consisted of a bunch of different things. But first off, it consisted of new branding. So the branding that you're seeing as you watch this podcast, that is a new, fresh look for Web3 Academy, actually designed by a a community member of ours, which is really, really cool. Daniel, shout out to Daniel Rotter. Yeah, Daniel Rotter, thank you for that. So that was a big deal. We launched the Web3 Academy 2.0 GIF NFT on top of a layer two, Zora. I can't remember. Was the layer two at the time? Yeah, it was. I don't think uh, it was. Oh, no, no? it was. We did because there's people had to bridge. Yeah. yeah. So we launched that. We had over 100 people mid to this, which was really cool. And then at the same time, we launched just a bunch of other things along with that. The big sort of thing that came out of that was our new course or masterclass called Profit from the Future, a Web3 Investing Masterclass. This launched in the same week as we launched Web3 Academy 2.0, which was basically a course to help people not get left behind. The best time to be investing in this space is before the bull market begins. And we were pushing all year, especially in our pro reports, that, hey, guys, we're about to have a big year. We're about to have a big year. You need to get allocated, even though most people are sitting on the sidelines. So we built this course. It's hours of material and basically covers everything from understanding market cycles to understanding strategies about how to invest in the space, when to sell, what to invest in, how to understand tokenomics and economics and all the different things. And we put this out there into the world back in July and said, guys, please go take this, get allocated now, figure this out so that you can be prepared for the coming cycle. 
A bunch of people did it. I think we have over 60 or 70 graduates from the course so far. You can mint an NFT when you graduate. So that's how we even know that. But more importantly, we've had a bunch of those people who took it in July and August and got allocated and got ready for what was has been a pretty wild couple of months. So congrats to all those who took a chance and bought our course and allocated as a result of that. You've already done really well and probably, I would assume, earned your your tuition fee, which is nothing, 250 bucks. You probably earned that in like a day if you bought Solana or whatever you bought. Congrats again to everyone. And again, if you want to check that out in the show notes below, you can do that. If you go pro, you get this course for 50% off. So my recommendation right now is if you are not figured out your strategy for this bull market is go pro. That'll get you all the weekly reports that you need. And then 50% off this course as well. The perfect little setup. And let's call it the bull market the bull market package or something. What did you call it when we did yeah, that bull deal? Market, bull market prep pack. That's it. Bull market prep pack. And, and, and I just want to be clear about one thing is we are here for the long term. I think that if you've been listening to us, you know that now we're not a short-term project. We've been building Web3 Academy for almost two years now. We produce hundreds of podcasts and newsletters and on-chain reports every year. Uh, and with that, this masterclass and a lot of stuff that we shipped this year was our signal that even though we were in a bear market, even though the times were tough, we were still shipping. And this masterclass was very much built with the future in mind. So even though we launched this masterclass in the summer, in July, it still holds true today and we will continue to keep it updated. And you also get access to a private Discord channel where you can ask questions and make sure that you know your investments that you feel good about them. So, so much around this that would give you the confidence you need to really succeed in the coming bull run. Next up, one of my favorite events of the year, August 1st, Base launched on-chain summer. This was Coinbase's L2, which we talked about, they announced back in the spring. Well, it went live in late July, and as a result, a ton of traffic flocked on chain. They had partnerships with Coca-Cola, partnerships with so many big brands and made this whole on-chain summer where every day you could mint an NFT and participate on chain. And it led a lot of people to move, to bridge their capital over to base, to start playing around on base. And a lot happened on base. One of the not notable things that happened that you might remember is a meme coin called Bald rose to almost a $100 million map market cap. I hate that every time there's an on-chain event, there's a meme coin that goes along with it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We definitely will not advise you to invest in meme coins. However, if you want to have some fun, they can be very risky and they can do well. But needless to say, there was a lot of exciting things happening on base and it really kicked off the narrative around on-chain. This was sort of the first time that we all started to use the word on-chain and on-chain since then has kind of become, I think for us, one of the main lingos or languages that we use to describe the entire Web3 space. We even got hats that say on-chain right on it. I was going to wear it, but it's cold here. And so I wore a toque instead. But yeah, I, and the other thing that was cool about the on-chain summer on base was we were still in bear market vibes. Prices weren't going up. We don't have like what we have today here in December. And so you know, when you don't have price going up, you often don't have a lot of people doing much on chain and Coinbase kind of, you know, changed that narrative and was like, look, there is a lot you can do on chain. And they really showed off what was possible. And so, yeah, it was cool. It was a fun time. And I think just kind of set the stage for what's possible moving forward. So 
kudos to Coinbase for continuing to do that. All right, August 7th, PayPal launches a US dollar stablecoin. This was just another big company that was kind of uh, coming in and saying, hey, this space is legit and we want to be a part of it, right? PayPal, one of the biggest fintech companies in the world, and they now are launching a stablecoin on top of Ethereum, which was huge. I think to date, PayPal has gone almost up to 100, I believe it's at 100 million in its market cap. So it's growing. It actually stopped its growth for a little bit there because on December 8th, my birthday, or no, it was a little bit before that, it was in November, it got a subpoena or something from the SEC. And so it stopped, but then December 8th, it has now started again. And so they've started to grow. I think it grew by like 10 million just on, on December 8th, which is why that, that date came up. But the stablecoin is called PYUSD. And um, it's something they're going to use probably mainly internally in their own app. Obviously, they already have crypto, self-custody crypto in there. And now they're kind of adding to that. And we think that they'll probably do a lot with this. And so excited to see where it goes. Stablecoin's obviously another big winner of 2023. And PayPal sort of set the, leg the legitimacy in that. So that was really cool. There's one other thing that happened August 1st. So we actually missed it. But that was we moved our newsletter on chain. And so as Jay said, on-chain became the, the big thing in August. And we followed suit with that at the same time that Base launched. We moved over to Paragraph, which uh, off of Substack, which is basically Substack, but your newsletters go on-chain. And that allows us to have our membership on-chain. So pro members get an NFT. We call that the Pro Pass. And that gets you access to our Discord, to our on-chain gift shop, to a bunch of other things. And then also we can, our newsletters go on-chain that you can collect and you can do a whole bunch of fun things with. We just partnered with Layer 3. As you can see here, we did a little quest with them using sound, which is where you can collect uh, music. And um, if you collected our NFT, you got some points for some quests that they're doing. We had 579 collectors of our article, um, which is really cool. We weren't able to do this with Substack. They don't allow us to do anything on-chain. Paragraph allows us to a bunch. That's why they are our number one sponsor and have been for six months now. We absolutely love what Paragraph is up to. And um, we're very excited to practice what we preach, which is everything should go on chain and we want to push that forward as well. So hopefully all of you listeners have enjoyed that too. Okay, next up, August 11th, friend tech goes wild. I can't believe this was only like five months ago. This is August 11th. This feels like an eternity ago. So friend tech is a, a social fi app that uh, I'm sure many of you use, both Kyle and myself used it uh, as we love to experiment on chain but basically the way it works is users can hold keys of their favorite influencers and if you hold a key to that influencer then you get access to a private chat with them and friendtech ended up being the biggest on-chain app of sort of august september maybe even into october at a time when there wasn't a lot happening on chain everybody was over on Frentech. Now, a lot of that had to do with speculation and a lot of people- Look at Frentech's uh, message though here. We have it in the newsletter. It says, we are provisioning more resources again. We generally did not realize there were still so many people left in crypto, which is hilarious. Because again, August, which isn't that far away, was still very bearish sentiment and not much going on. So it was really cool for them to come and just light it up. Fun fact, this, the app that generated the second most revenue on chain in 2023, Frentech. Crazy. And wild. And if you want to dive into, we wrote a full on-chain report about Frentech's value accrual, really showing this concept of on-chain value accrual, how money can flow on-chain from an app to a protocol that it's built on top of, in the case of Frentech, it was built on top of base. 
And then base is based, built on top of the OP stack. And the OP stack is built on top of Ethereum. And you can see how money flows to all these protocols. And then also on the other end, you can see how Frentech used a very interesting uh, and sort of a new model of splitting fees between Frentech getting fees. So they're building, generating revenue and then also sharing fees with the creators. So they're getting revenue as well. And I mean, Frentech has kind of died out since, but I think they really showed the ability to disrupt a, a massive, massive market in social media and find a way to generate revenue back to creators, which is just super cool. And Jay and I are super bullish on being in the creator space. And so it's something we we continue to talk about a lot. Remember when I, I sold your Frentech key? Yeah. And then you know what up? The heck, classic J is the cost uh, <laughs> signal. Well, be bottom signal, but Very uh, signal. Yeah. back to more lawsuits. It sucks that you know we're mixing up. The, the big news this year was either like big things happening, like being built or launching, or things happening with the SEC. You know, which is very upsetting. But August 29th, another big win for crypto in the court system, which is Grayscale wins its lawsuit against the SEC. So Grayscale filed a lawsuit against the SEC for being basically discriminated against and its decision to not allow them to flip their trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Grayscale thought there was no reason for that. It didn't make any sense, especially since there was other spot ETFs that were now being filed. And so this had been a, a court case for a little while here, but they won come August 29th. This was super bullish. Really one of the early things that s- sort of set off the, the price appreciation in, in markets because we are like, okay, well, if this is approved. It's very likely we're finally going to get a spot ETF approved. I mean, this has been, by the way, for those that have been in here for a while, the first Bitcoin spot ETF filed ever was in 2013 by the Winkleboss twins. And so and they obviously did not get approved. It has been shut down many, many times. And so even when BlackRock filed, we we're like, whoa, that was random, but they must know something. And then quickly, you know, what is it, a month or two later, Grayscale wins their lawsuit. And then it was, oh, I think this is actually for sure thing. And so we've been waiting. And I think come uh, the 10th, which is only a few days now, as the time you listen to this podcast, uh, it looks like we'll probably get something live. But this was a big win uh, for us to be more confident in this spot Bitcoin ETF getting approved. Yeah, for sure. Next up, September 5th, Visa announced that they are building on Solana. So Visa has been building on-chain for a while, really focused on using on-chain rails to lower the cost of sending money around the world, settlement that they do for all of their merchants. And they announced that they're extending their stablecoin settlement capabilities to Solana. I think this really might have been the event that sort of made a lot of people look at Solana again and realize Solana isn't dead, even though we said Solana wasn't dead in January. It took people a while to really catch catch on to that and really also showed how Visa is continues to be committed to building on blockchain. We just don't hear a lot about Visa because they're building infrastructure stuff that doesn't catch a lot of media attention. Also at the same time, I think it was like within a few weeks of this, MakerDAO announced that they were going to build their own chain to manage their governance. And so not a chain for the purpose of like a, not an app chain, just a chain that would be used to manage their own governance because they're getting so big and the cost to govern was getting ridiculous for them. And so they announced they're going to build their own chain. And the way that they announced that they were going to do that was by forking Solana because they basically said that Solana offered the best chain for their needs and their use case. Yeah, interesting. 
Interestingly, September 5th, when Visa said that they were uh, going to build on Solana, Solana was at $19. Oh. Uh, currently, yeah. So if there was a, a sign that, hey, probably this thing's not dead and it might be a time to buy, it was just September when Visa, one of the biggest companies in the world, decided they were going to build on it. The signs were all there. That's for sure. And this, right, is, why you, this is why you can't sleep, eh? Like, yeah, right. This is why you can't sleep. Things happen. People don't realize, you know, how fast things happen. Four X from that direction. Yeah, Solana's a four X from that moment, which is crazy. That was not that long ago. Back to Pudgy for September twenty fourth. Pudgy Toys now in Walmart. So we already talked about them being in Amazon, and then another big one, obviously, was getting into Walmart, which they did. They were in over two thousand Walmart stores. So again, really big deal. As we said earlier, Pudgy just continues to ship, and now they are launching their own Pudgyverse. I don't think that's going to make it in here, but also a pretty big deal. That'll be coming in Q1 of 2024. But yeah, Pudgy just had a stellar, stellar year. That's for sure. Okay, next up, October 11th, Farcaster goes public. So Farcaster, which is one of the largest decentralized social apps, was the first between themselves, Lens, and Deso to open up to the public and allow anybody. They moved out of beta for a long time. You could only get into Farcaster as invite only. And they opened up the doors and said, hey, anybody can come and use Farcaster. And it led to a bit of a, a narrative and a little run on Farcaster when there was a lot happening. Uh, since then, I think it's died out. Not as soon as they died out, but just it's continue had- to grow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. getting as much hype, but the people, I forget what they call it, casts or whatever, is actually still going up. They've done quite a good job. Look, it's so tough to compete with a normal like this X or Facebook or whatever, especially because the crypto community is still very small, but they've done a great job. They created a really good app. It's UX is, is phenomenal. It feels just like Twitter and they, they're continuing to grow, which is quite impressive. Maybe the biggest news of the year. I don't know. Yeah. Probably the biggest news of the year. November 3rd, SBF found guilty. So obviously we had the collapse in November 2022. That was, I mean, that was the biggest news almost ever in this space. And um, thankfully, the founder of that, the fraudster himself, Sam Bankman-Fried, he was in trial for, what was it, maybe about two weeks or something. We covered it quite a bit. Five, four or five weeks, I think. Was it four or five weeks? Yeah. And um, he was found guilty and he will face decades in prison. He will probably never get out of prison. Well, hopefully we'll never get out of prison, but let's see. His sentencing is in March, so we don't know how many years he's going to get, but he right. is, uh, the maximum sentence he could get is, I think it's like 115 years. Yeah, or yeah years. Like that. I'd like to say that, but all of the fraudsters and stuff behind us that we had over the last years, but there's one more that'll come up. Not yet. <laughs> don't tease us like that, Kai. Okay, next up, within the same week, BlackRock files for a spot ETH ETF. So- We've already got lots of applications for this spot Bitcoin ETF, and this BlackRock becomes the first to file for a spot Ethereum ETF. This really led to BlackRock was first, but like within a week, there was, I can't even remember how many we have now, but somewhere like five to 10 others that jumped on this filing as well. So we'll see, tune in Friday for when we make our predictions of when we think these ETFs will get approved. When or if, I think someone in our predictions, because it's our team that does these predictions, actually says maybe it's a no. This one was a bit of a surprise. Like, I, I figured an ETH one would fall eventually, but there was still the SEC would not admit that Ethereum is not a security. And so didn't think BlackRock would be the one to do this. And, um, and they did. That was really cool. There was a wild little ride on Twitter when that came out, but um, good times. Speaking of that bad news that I was talking about, 
Binance DOJ settlement happens November 21st. Binance accepts a $4 billion fine in their settlement agreement with the DOJ and CZ, one of the biggest legends. And I, I didn't want to call him a fraudster when I said that. I don't think he is a fraudster. He's just someone who pushes the limits as an entrepreneur and has done more for this industry than probably anyone else, except for maybe Brian Armstrong and a few others. But um, he has to plead guilty. We still don't know exactly what, but he's got charges of I don't know, in the hundreds of millions and he has to step down as CEO of Binance. And then he still might go to jail. We don't know. That'll come. I'm not sure when that's going to come, but that's coming. But a massive, massive, I mean, a few things that were massive with this one, Binance, not leaving the industry, but just having to leave Binance. That's fine. He'll go on and do more things probably with BNB, which probably is bullish for the on-chain world. But just there was this FUD around Binance for so long. And I think that finally gets put to rest and we can move forward. And so really, you know, come since November 21st, we're sort of like all the bad actors and all the like FUD that was going on with everything is kind of all past us. And now we've got clear sailing for 2024. And I think that is uh, really, really exciting for what's coming. In the first news from Web3 Gaming, which was one of our pre predictions of 2023 that did not pan out, on November 28th, Alluvium was listed on the Epic Game Store. The Epic Game Store is one of the biggest gaming stores in the world, over 230 million active users. And Alluvium, which is one of the biggest Web3 games, which is built on top of Immutable, went live on the Epic Game Store sort of finally signaling that Web3 Gaming might be happening. So we'll see what's next in 2024. They actually were not the only game to launch on the Epic Game Store. Since then, there's been a number of other Web3 games that have launched on the Epic Game Store. This was supposed to be the year for Web3 Gaming, Jay. You promised me it. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what this was the year for. Well, not even the year. This is the month. December, which we are in now was a massive year for who? The one that started off this whole year thinking that it was dead? Solana. Solana has airdrop season and it has been absolutely, dare I say it, bonkers. It started off, I mean, it started off with Bach, but that was way earlier in the year and didn't get as much traction at that point. But then you had the Pyth Network launch their token, which is a pretty big deal. It's up to like 600 million. Then you had the Jito airdrop. Well, the Jupiter one was announced, but they haven't. they didn't launch yet. Then the Jito one announced and it went to 10,000 wallets and people made a minimum of 10K, including myself, which was super sick and a nice little birthday present for me. The Jupiter one's coming in early January where they'll launch, I think it's a billion tokens or something like that. And so they've just you know, had a massive stimulus to the Solana ecosystem, which has just sent Solana going through the roof because now everyone is farming Solana tokens. And so there's I think it's the daily or the weekly users on Solana, which was sitting around like 200 to 300,000 has jumped at to like 1 million, 1.5 million now in a matter of two weeks. And so really it's just airdrop farmers coming out of the woodworks. It's very cheap over there. So you can make a hundred wallets if you want. It doesn't cost anything. So it's a wild story at the moment that's still developing, but on-chain points becoming a big deal and airdrop season is definitely underway starting on Solana, but I think it's going to go to many different ecosystems. It's a good time to be in crypto. It's always a good time to be in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> On December 7th, Flipkart announced the launch of their own L2. Flipkart is the Amazon of India, over 350 million customers. And they launched an L2 using Polygon CDK, which is basically a out-of-the-box toolkit to launch your own L2. And the reason they did this was to scale 
their on-chain loyalty program, which they launched back in September, I believe, and already has over 3 million users. And in order to scale that, they wanted their own L2. Now you might ask, like, why build their own L2 versus use an existing L2? They obviously could just use Base or Optimism or one of the many existing L2s, or they could use Solana. Uh, and I think this is the start of a trend. We've talked a little bit about this on the show and in the newsletter. Start of a trend of major enterprises launching their own L2. Couple reasons why. Number one is it's very easy. It's becoming very easy to launch your own L2. So when it's easy to do so, and when you launch your own L2, you have a lot more control. You have control over the fees on the platform. You have control over the features that you use when you're developing that L2. Maybe in your case, in the case of Flipkart, they're building this for an on-chain loyalty program. They're going to build features on their L2 that enable that loyalty program to thrive. Whereas if they use an existing L2, it might not have the features that they need. And so I think this is the first of many many large enterprises that are going to launch their own L2 in the future. Yes, it's a big one. I mean, what are they, a $30 billion company? 30, 30 billion? Their value is valuations like $38 billion, I think. Yeah. Uh, I've got a prediction on on this area, this topic for 2024. Mm-hmm. So tune into that. All right. The last one we've got for you is a bit of a warning. And that was December 15th was a bit of a wild day in crypto where there was a ledger exploit and then an NFT trader hack. But Ledger exploit first, if you woke up that day, you saw everyone on Twitter saying, don't use crypto at all. Just don't even use an application. And the odd thing is usually when people say that you go and you revoke all your permissions to all the apps, but you couldn't even do that. If you did that, you were going to get drained, which is just not cool. And then as that was sort of getting fixed in the morning, all of a sudden there was a hack for uh, NFT trader where all of a sudden everyone's wallets were getting drained for NFTs. So just overall a tough, tough day for the crypto world. And I think a bit of a warning of just like, look, there's exciting things happening and I think 2024 is going to be big, but also at the same time, we need to be very careful. And so if you have not figured out, if you're not practicing wallet security or wallet hygiene, you need to need to need to do this because money can be made next year, but you got to be careful. Last thing you want to do is lose it. Yeah. Well, what a wrap. What a year. So we look through the summary here. We've got BTC, ETH, and Soul are all up over 100% on the year to date. Billions of drop dollars were airdrops. Solana had the greatest comeback of all time. Pudgy was the NFT project of the year. The SEC got its ass handed to it, despite trying over and over again to take us down. On-chain apps have started to go mainstream. We got rid of a lot of bad actors in crypto and we're closer than ever to a spot Bitcoin ETF. Well, make sure you join us on Friday We'll be breaking down our 2024 predictions where we'll tell you when we think the Bitcoin ETF will come and if we think an Ether ETF will come or maybe a Solana ETF. You're going to have to tune in to find out. All right, friends. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful 2023. Thank you all for being here along this journey with us. We're looking forward to a 2024 year with all of you as well. And so again, tune in Friday. We'll talk about what we think is going to happen. We'll get some right. We'll probably get a bunch wrong. But it's all fun. And if you have some projections or predictions, you can also let us know once we post that live. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. 
See you later this week. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.